ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Conflict of Interest. Happy Tuesday to you football fans. Happy Tuesday to you Bills fans. Hey, Rich, I want you to take a look at this beautiful rendition of the Buffalo Bills logo <laughs> done by my cousin, Mr. Michael Kelly. It looks like Bob Ross painted it, doesn't it? It, it does, but you, but you know what? The old saying is, it's the thought that counts, and I I, I see the resemblance <laughs> of the Buffalo Bills logo there. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's got the I love you, Josh Allen. It's got the let's go, Buffalo. We're keeping it till the Bills lose, eh, Rich? Let me tell you. And I, I got to do the Bob Ross impression because everybody wants to hear it, A eh, Rich? There's no little tree here, but – but if there was a little tree there, I don't want you to tell anybody about that, A. Rich, because if you tell anybody about that little tree there, I will find you, and I will tell you how good Josh Allen is, okay? Because, love <laughs> oh, it. I love it's it. It's a man. great day, A. Rich. How you great doing, day. buddy? I'm, I'm doing great, man. A. Rich, Akeem Richards, Dan Kelly, this is the conflict of interest. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us only on the Built in Buffalo Network. Dan Kelly, how's your Tuesday going, brother? It's good, man. We're another day closer. I just found out today, hey, Rich, I'm going to both home preseason games. I'm going to the Indianapolis Colts game this Saturday. I'm going to Kids Day against the Denver Broncos, who were officially uh, sold today, if you, if you didn't see that, uh, a new ownership group there in Denver. It's been expected for a while. We got some people out here, of course. Kate is here. We got Kim, FGH, and, of course, Izzy's out here. With the, uh, the Red Zone Report each and every Sunday, of course. Izzy, how you doing, pal? So, hey, Rich, let, let's get into it real quick. We have a quick recap from yesterday. There's not too much news, but if you hold on just a second, I think I may hear something. <laughs> if you heard that, that was the sound of Matt Ariza's foot punting a football what was said to be 70 to 75 yards via Bills reporter Sal Capaccio. Um, I think you can just say the writing's on the wall at this point. And um, one of the mats won, one of the mats lost. Matt Hawk, probably not long for the roster. The offense didn't have a great day yesterday, Rich. Do you have any thoughts on yesterday's practice at St. John Fisher? Uh, thoughts on yesterday's practice. You know, the offensive line has been shuffling. It's been... Uh, inconsistent with lineups throughout the camp. We haven't had our starting guys, the guys that we want to see throughout camp. And I think that is that is an, something important that probably is not being discussed, right? New offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, Aaron Cromer. So you want to get some continuity when you have new pieces within the coaching staff. So I think Spencer Brown ramping up activity yesterday was a good sign for the offensive line, right? You want to get your starters in there. You want to get your regulars in there. You want to get your guys that's going to be in there when you need them most. And Spencer Brown ramping up activity is a, is a good sign for the rest of the Buffalo Bills and uh, the Buffalo Bills offensive line as well. So I wanted to point out Spencer Brown is looking like he's progressing towards getting back. I like it. And when the offense has a bad day, you know what that means. That means the defense had a good day. So uh, the defensive line played really well yesterday. Everybody was having communication issues on offense. It wasn't just the twos and the threes. Josh Allen and the ones were having trouble as well. A couple more guys out here. We got Bobby T, of course, from the Built in Buffalo Network. How you doing, T? Thanks for coming out. We got Penny and, of course, Jim. Uh, Bobby has a question here. What's really up with this OBJ talk? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it briefly, Bobby, because there's just not much to say. Um, Von Miller wants OBJ to play with the Bills. Mm -hmm. OBJ is currently nursing a torn ACL from the Super Bowl. He's not going to be ready to play probably at all this season based on his age and based on the injury. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you about it next year. <laughs> I mean, if, if he comes here, he comes here. I wouldn't be surprised. But, hey, Rich, it, it's a tough thing to talk about. Because people don't want OBJ because he's a diva in the locker room. People don't want OBJ because it would take snaps away from Gabriel Davis. What is your thought on this whole OBJ thing? How does it work for you? Because I can see both a positive and a negative to signing an Odell Beckham Jr. in the future. I mean, right now, I just think that the Buffalo Bills are set at the wide receiver position. I okay. think we, we have a, a, a progressing... Gabriel Davis, who's looked tremendous in camp, we'll touch on earlier, uh, or touch on later. I think uh, 
uh, Isaiah McKenzie and, and Jamison Crowder is 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 good additions for the Bills, and I think they'll have roles on offense. I think Khalil Shakir is a, another weapon that can make an immediate impact sooner than rather than later. So I think the Buffalo Bills have a have a plethora of options to go to right now, and I don't think that OBJ is necessarily a fit. But I will say this: if the if Bills, they do sign him, if they were to okay entertain, if they were to entertain it, I would sign OBJ to a two-year deal as opposed to the one because uh, I want the better, the better version of OBJ. How much, uh, how much great things are we going to see uh, from OBJ this season? Even if he comes back, right? He's coming mm-hmm. back, maybe playoff time. He's not going to be maybe. his. He's maybe. not going to be his regular self. So if you're mm-hmm. going to sign him, sign him to a two-year deal, kind of like how Kevin Durant did with the, the Brooklyn Nets when they signed him when he was injured so he could be back healthy next season. Please, please, the don't, Bills, compare him. The please Bills. don't compare him to Kevin Durant. Come on. <laughs> not, not, not at all. Not at all. Just the situation. Hey, maybe that works because Kevin Durant wanted out of OKC, got his wish, got traded somewhere else. OBJ went out of the Giants, got traded to the Browns, thought it was going to be this happy marriage, and then he gets traded again. Hey, it's the artist himself. It is Michael Kelly. Tracy says hello, and we should definitely sign OBJ. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for coming out, Mike. I appreciate it. I know you're literally right above me right now, but that's okay. Daniel with the Go Bills out here. (laughs) Oh, wow. Great to see everybody. Thank you for coming out. Hey, Rich, let's talk about the offense. Had a bad day yesterday. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad. A top 10 unit overall last year, top 10 unit for for a little while now, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So let's get into Ken Dorsey and what he had to say over the weekend. If you guys missed his press conference, it is available on YouTube via the Buffalo Bills. I do have a little clip for you guys here. Like Honestly, right now I'm not uh, 100% sure the direction that, that will go there. It felt good up top. So it felt good up top is referring to up in the booth, um, calling plays from the top of the stadium instead of being on the field. Hey, Rich, I tried to do some research on this, and I'll tell you, I couldn't find anything. There's really not much to tell you on which coordinators decide to stay on the field and which coordinators don't. There's no metrics to go by. There's nothing like that. It's based purely on opinion. And I think that works for our show. It's an opinion-based show. Uh, Some of the time we do go based off statistics. We do go based off of you know, relevance, stuff like that. So, hey, Rich, your thoughts on placement and does it matter to you? Uh, uh, you know, just, you know, just like every human being, it's a, it's a person-to-person basis, right? It all depends on who you are and, and what, type of, what type of vibe you want to be a part of, right? Do you want to be on the field? Do you want to be with the guys? Do you want to feel that energy? Do you want to be rubbing elbows with the head coach, uh, with the assistant coaches, with the with the uh, the medical staff? Do you want to be in that field? Uh, some coaches they want to be in the moment. Some coaches feel that they are their best when they're in the moment. Or are you that guy where you want to see everything on top? You want to see how the defense is setting up each and every play. And the best way to see that is from the press box, right? You get to see. The coverages, you get to see certain assignments that you wouldn't see from the sidelines. So I think it all depends on what type of person you are. If I had to take a guess, it looks to me like Ken Dorsey's a press box guy. (laughs) He looks like a press box guy. He's going to be up there. He wants to see the defensive coverages each play, and he wants to see uh, uh, what the team is doing, what the opposition is doing so he can counter. And the best way for him to do that is up in the press box. So a couple things he mentioned also in that press conference was that when he first came to Buffalo along with Dable, he was in the press box for a brief time, Mm -hmm. but the majority of his time spent as the quarterback's coach was on the field. And he said, and and he mentioned that there's advantages to disadvantages to both. He's Mm -hmm. trying them both out. And for him, it's going to be, what's the most comfortable. That's going to be where he goes with. Mm -hmm. I think the benefit to being on the field, one that you didn't mention is just, being able to rally around your players, literally rally, physically rally, not just your voice is heard, but you're there alongside them. You mentioned, you know, rubbing elbows with the coach. You know, it happens. You know what I mean? I I, I feel like I'm more of a press box guy, too, just because you can see more of the field. I've sat in the nosebleeds, Dave Rich. I'm sure you have, too. You know, when money's tight, it's what you got to do. But the mm-hmm. nosebleeds aren't always all that bad. 
And that's exactly what the press box is. It's a nosebleed seat in the stadium of any stadium in the NFL. So whether he's going to go with either, I think it's only going to become a discussion if the Bills offense starts to struggle. Hey, maybe he needs to, to move his placement. I believe that happened with Dable at least – Mm-hmm. During one of the seasons, I can't. I can't point maybe, to maybe, moment. Right? Maybe I'm not seeing things on the sideline. Let me go to the press box to see if I'm seeing anything different that could give myself an offensive play calling advantage up here as opposed to down on the sidelines. Exactly, and and we're going to see how it works. Uh, right now, it's just an interesting uh, conversation to have. But we'll move on. Hey, Rich, there was an extension done at uh, Bills camp, and, and it was it was the same. It was not the safety. It was not Jordan Poyer. It was not no. who everyone was expecting. No. no. Instead, it was Reggie Gilliam, uh, a fan favorite here in Buffalo, of course. Reggie Gilliam gets two years up to $5.3 million. Um, there's not many stats for fullbacks, is there, A. Rich? There really isn't. What are you, you going to do when it comes to that? He's a good blocker. I believe he was ranked top three in terms of PFF, in terms of blocking fullbacks. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, hey, Rich, I, I do have one stat for you. Other than his one touchdown catch against the Miami Dolphins, he played 315 snaps on special teams last year, which was behind only Tyler Matikiewicz, the second leading um, snap taker in terms of special teams. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think that equates to about 77% of the special team snaps, which is which is pretty important. We know how Sean McDermott feels about the special teams unit. Um, it's a focal point within the team. It's definitely three phases of the game for the Buffalo Bills, and I think Reggie Gilliam and his extension, uh, it was warranted. Not only does he play special teams, he's a very versatile player. You could put him out fullback, H-back, tight end. He's a, he's a player where you can put in different spots – Reminds me, reminds me a little bit of Charles Clay when he first came over from, um, was it Miami? I Did believe, yeah, yeah, I believe it's Miami. I don't think he's as skilled of a receiver as Charles Clay, but I do think he has that versatility that Charles Clay do possess, and I think is an excellent signing for the Bills. It's cheap. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, to, to you or I, a Rich, this is a lot of money, but. You know, I mean, to, think, to, I think to him, think about it. Undrafted rookie Toledo. Agreed. agreed. But uh, let, let me let me bring up something else. Justin Tucker just got the largest mil. kicking contract in the NFL. And I had yes. I had somebody drop into my comments and be like, hey, this still isn't enough for Justin Tucker. And I was like, as much as he can complain, he's the highest paid kicker in the NFL. Yes. So how much how much leave do you have? I don't know where this right. puts Gilliam. In terms of the highest paid fullbacks, I know he's not near Juszczyk, but he's not anywhere close to how Juszczyk is used in San Francisco. At the end of the day, it's a good signing. I, I, I can honestly remember a handful of fullbacks that have been you know, good for the Buffalo Bills. We had Frank Summers at one point. Now Gilliam Clay played that role a little bit. So the Bills mm-hmm. typically do use a fullback. It's two years. I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. I'm fine yeah. with it. I like it as well. And I like Gilliam. Yeah, I, he's a Buffalo guy. He feels mm-hmm. he feels like a guy who just fits yes. fits hey, the mold. One one more thing before we get off, and I'm glad you said he's a Buffalo guy. Jason Candle, Toledo's football coach, his former coach in college, said uh, Reggie Gilliam reminds him of a flip phone. He does every he does he does his job every single day. He gets his job done, and it's nothing flashy, but he's going to get his job done. And I think that was a great analogy. Uh, Daniel says, good for Reggie. He's a process guy, versatile, plays special teams. Confirmed that he played for Miami. I mm-hmm. I thought so, but, hey, I, I don't want to remember my players playing for other teams before they come to me. After, I don't care. You know what I mean? After you're gone, it's fine. DeMarco, that's the one I was missing, Izzy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. DeMarco was the other fullback that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. These other ones, Izzy, the gray hair is really showing on you because I don't recognize him. I Larry Sennis. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, Rich, there's a player that's been touted as going to be an improved player in the NFL this season, not just by Bills fans, by the NFL network, by stations that cover the NFL. And it's the man who broke the postseason receiving touchdown record. Here he is doing it in Kansas City. What was – is it still Arrowhead or did they get bought out? 
I no, uh, no, they wasn't bought out. I believe it's still Arrowhead for the Kansas Okay, okay. Yep. If it's still Arrowhead, great. If they got bought out by something, who cares? Still Arrowhead. Four touchdowns for Gabe Davis, over 200 yards receiving. But man, he is playing some unbelievable football right now, Avery. I got some stats for you. If you didn't see from the red, white, and blue scrimmage for Gabriel Davis, but I believe we got. Two Shout out touchdowns. Jerome Felton. Shout out Jerome Felton. That's that's the guy that we had, fullback that we had a couple Jerome. years ago. Jerome, okay, Jerome I remember. Felton. Remember him? I remember <laughs> Jerome Felton. That's a that's a good one. Blast from the past there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay, Dave. Izzy says it's Gaya Field. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> Thank you for for finding that Izzy. I appreciate it, but I don't even know how to pronounce that properly. So Gabriel Davis scores two touchdowns at the red, white, and blue scrimmage and adds a two-point conversion. No corner has been able to cover him. I mean, they don't have Tredavious White, so really, mm-hmm. I don't know how surprising that is. How impressed have you been with Gabriel Davis during this training camp, eh, Rich? Uh, very impressed. Very impressed with Gabriel Davis this training camp. But I will say, even though I'm impressed, I expect this. This is something that I expect from Gabriel Davis. This is this is something that we've been been witnessing from the Buffalo Bills. We've been witnessing guys that's been progressing, right? Start with our, our biggest progressor in Josh Allen. He progressed year in and year out. Ed Oliver is another guy that progressed year in and year out. Dawson Knox, and now we have Gabriel Davis. And I think everyone has something in common: their work ethic. They're hard workers. They want to get better. And their work ethic is the reason why they're progressing into other tiers and other levels. And Gabriel Davis is 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 definitely not an exception. He's having an excellent camp. I hear he put on weight. He's up to about 220, 225 pounds. He's already 6'2. He has all the he has all the ability to have a very big season this season for the Buffalo Bills. We have a strong work ethic. Does that mean we could make it as wide receivers on the Buffalo Bills right now? Probably not. It has to. <laughs> we, we we have to have some type of combination of work ethic and talent. And oh, I think we're man. I think you we're just, missing some parts there. But you, it's okay. You just, you just you stick over my, here. We stay over here. You just ruined my Tuesday, hey, Rich. What if you combine us? If we combine my height with your with your level of talent, I think maybe we can we can have something of a practice squad player. We at least we would finish the game. We wouldn't do Devontae <laughs> Davis, right? We'll finish the game at least. <laughs> uh, Izzy says it's an acronym. I figured, Izzy, I just don't want to pronounce anything wrong or incorrectly. I don't even know what the acronym stands for, to be honest. I don't think it matters too much. We're, we're still going to call it Arrowhead. I'm still going to call it CenturyLink, even though it's Acrisure or whatever in Seattle. Correct. It is what it is. You know, th- these brands keep buying things out. How many people do you know that still call it the Ralph A. Rich? Right, a lot, a, a lot, a lot yeah. of people still yeah. call it the realm, so it is what it is. But that's not the only wide receiver turning heads at Bills Camp, eh, Rich? No, 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 says the Kembe Matumbo. I had to think of that for a second. Another blast from the past. This yeah. is the episode today, guys. Of course, that is Khalil Shakir coming down with that. Terrible, terrible, terrible ball from Matt Barkley. Shakir, been impressing. And and the one note I want to give to Khalil Shakir, and guys doing my research, I appreciate you. Government Employees Health Association at Mm -hmm. Arrowhead Stadium. Lone Wolf says, I'm missing the athleticism, talent, and desire. Well, you're not missing the desire, Lone Wolf. That comes from me. The talent comes from A-Rich, and the athleticism comes from whatever endorsement deal we get, whether it be Nike or Under Armour <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> and Izzy's playing fullback. So we, we got love the it. entire team it. out here. But Khalil Shakir, man, the one note I want to say is he's doing so well with the reserves that he's earning time to play with Josh Allen. And that's what intrigues me so much. This is a guy that fell down the draft board. He's expected to have a role in this offense. And how crazy is that, that he fell that far in the draft and he's expected to have a role? It may not be a very prominent role, but a role nonetheless. What do you think of Shakir? And how excited are you to see him in the preseason, eh, Rich? First, when I think of this, first of all, I have to give a shout out to Brandon Bean and the Bills organization. Of course, also we want to win the Super Bowl, but 
what about all the 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 quality? I love it. I love it. I love it. All the quality, high character guys that the Buffalo Bills draft. It's the the it's definitely a culture. It's it's like Khalil Shakir. He just he seamless seamlessly fits right in to what the Buffalo Bills are doing. His work ethic is it it, it mirrors what the Buffalo Bills organization does and. And the talent is now becoming on on full display. We're talking about another guy having an excellent camp. Uh, we talk about another guy that was very successful in college, very versatile, ran a lot of different routes, runs the ball well with the ball in his hands. He reminds me, honestly, he reminds me a little bit of of Robert Woods. He has some poor man's Robert Woods to his game. Where is I this? Think- is this Robert Woods? With the Bills or Robert Woods with the Rams? <sighs> let's just the, the Robert Woods. Let, let's say Robert Woods with the Rams. Okay, I'm better yes. with that because yes. Robert Woods with the Bills. Let's say with the as Rams. much as as much as he was a fan favorite mm-hmm. and as productive as he could be at times, mm-hmm. his hands were stones at some points during that year before he was traded. They were stones, man. It, it just didn't work. It was hitting him right in the hands, and he couldn't come down with it. So if you were going to compare him to Bills, Rams. Robert Woods, I was not going to be not going to be very happy. But I, I like it. Khalil Shakir to Robert Woods. I don't know though. I, I think he's a bit faster. Um, I th- he might be. He might. He, I, he might be a bit smaller, a bit faster. But in could terms you, of versatility, could you, could you compare him to his teammate in Tavon Austin? Or do you think Tavon Austin is a little bit more electrifying? I think Tavon Austin average. I think they're different. I think they're different type of receivers. I, I mean, it's said that he's playing every position out there. He's playing outside. He's playing inside, X, yes. Y, and Z. So yes. I think that gives you a lot of you know flexibility. flexibility. Yes. Hey, with with Shakir, and we're gonna stick on the offense for just a little longer. You mentioned Spencer Brown. Mm-hmm. Roger Saffold has also returned to practice. If you guys were unaware and living under a rock, of course, Roger Saffold had cracked ribs from a car accident that wasn't told to us until a month or three weeks after it happened. Mm-hmm. We know he returned to practice. I don't believe he's taking part in team drills yet. Mm-hmm. However, he is working on the side. How do you feel about the offensive line Rich? Because it sucks. It sucks that everybody's not together. But this is the time that it's kind of okay for a little bit longer. you got a couple of weeks now but we want to see them together before the season starts. You want everybody to gel. You want everybody to mesh. You want mm-hmm. everybody to have the communication down packed before you take on a team that is that is pretty comfortable on defense in terms but, of. But there's really only one addition to this, and it's Roger Saffold. Everybody else was with the team on the offensive line last year. Mm-hmm. And this is a Pro Bowl type lineman who should have no problem right. working his way in because the offensive line coach is one that he worked with in the past. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's more about players, right? In terms of Roger Saffold, it's more about him getting adjusted to his surroundings, right? Playing okay. next to uh, 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 Deion Dawkins, playing next to Mitch Morse. And I think for everybody else, it's just getting familiarized again with Aaron Cromer's offensive line and his techniques, and Ken Dorsey and the way he called plays. So I think it's it's definitely some some things, some kinks to iron out there because of some new faces and new positions. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, I need to get into this for for people who are Mm. unaware and for people who are excited slash confused. At the red, white, and blue scrimmage, as you see in the thumbnail, if if you haven't seen yet, Josh Allen came out in a red helmet. That red helmet looks like it's from a mid 2000 season and it looks that somebody painted two blue stripes one and two and Mm -hmm. Josh Allen came out wearing it with a red Jersey and the fans were going crazy. The fans were going wild. They rich, but they do not have a new helmet or new uniform concept this year. And there is a reason for it. And that's because the bills technically already do. I mean, they already have an alternate helmet being the white helmet with the standing Buffalo. And they already have an alternate Jersey with the white helmet with the double blue and the double red stripes. 
So if the Bills wanted to be one of those 14 teams that created a new concept this year, like the Saints, the Eagles, the Jets, they would have to get rid of their current throwbacks. So, A. Rich, would you be okay with getting rid of the standing Buffalo uniform combination for a new concept, or are you okay with what the Bills currently have? I would be a-okay with the new concept. Really? You're the yes. first person. You're the yes. first person I spoke to that says that. Why? I just you know th- this team is just is just it's just a new vibrant team. We're we're in a new age where I just want to see something new for my team. And I'm getting jealous watching all these other teams come up with their own concepts. Give us a know, concept. Man. Give us know, a concept, man. You don't, I don't know, man. I really like I it. really I really like that jersey. Like I, I like how like I like how I like how clean the jersey looks. I don't want it to go away. I mean, I like it, the, I like the standing Buffalo. It, it's it gives us. I mean, you know, if we have guys like the Washington Commanders making our jerseys and things like that, then keep it as is. But if we have guys that's innovative and that's smart and that 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 pays attention to to fashion, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that uh, a, a change would be would be good. Okay, I. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not quite I'm not quite sold. You you've sold me on a few things before. You can look at the tape if you don't believe that. But A Rich has sold me on a couple things. I'm a okay too, Rich. Give me red helmet on blue. Says Izzy with the super chat. Of course, Izzy part of Built in Buffalo. If you're unaware, thanks a lot, Iz. Lone Wolf says new stadium, new concept. Yes. Interesting. I like it. But it's not like they can just rebrand everything. It's gonna be one jersey or one combination you know thing is it worth it all for that one game because i tell you i like the red uniforms on white pants or the the red on red that they've worn you know what i mean i like that Mm -hmm. but they can't wear it more than once the nfl has rules Mm -hmm. and how your jerseys work and i think that's just totally stupid i don't understand you know I don't want to buy that jersey if the Bills are going to wear it once this season. Maybe that maybe we need to dig deeper. Maybe that's something that needs to be fixed and probably could can orchestrate a little bit in terms it's of where wear it more. Where would you want to wear? It's the NFL, eh, Rich. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be yeah. researched and a lot of well, stuff to be fact. fixed. That's a fact. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going around the NFL. If you guys are unaware, this is of course. Brought to you on the Built in Buffalo Network. It doesn't mean we only talk Buffalo Bills football. So we want to bring you the latest around the league. What's going on? I have a team to talk about. A Rich has a team to talk about. We got some injuries to get to. Without further ado. All right. Let's go around the league, A Rich. And we're going to start with my team this week, which was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, now Brady's back, but at what cost? Because the Mm. Buccaneers have a problem, a very, very big problem. Some would say a massive problem. Center Ryan Jensen, who was a pro bowler, probably a top five center in the NFL at this point in his career, is expected to miss most of the season with what has been described as a uh, possible torn ACL. No news has come out of Tampa Bay regarding the severity of what injury he had. They say they hope he can return for the postseason, but it's not expected. And then Tristan Wurst gets carted off. And this is where things get crazy, because you hear that, and as a Buccaneers fan, you got to be scared, right? Right, You have a 45-year-old quarterback behind what? Backups? That that really isn't going to work. Even though you're in a very bad division, what possibly could be the worst division in the NFL, I don't think that's going to, you know, help your chances. Tristan Wirfs got carted off. You know what it was reported as, A. Rich? What was it? It was reported as cramps. So Tristan Wirfs is okay. (laughs) At the end of the day, he's okay. Thank God for them. (laughs) Thank God for them. I never wish injuries upon anybody in the NFL, upon anybody at all. You Mm -hmm. know, you just don't want to see that happen. But he was carted off the field, I believe, last week, and it was reported as just cramps. Daniel says, I'm loving the white helmets. They had red for a long time. Okay. I like it. All right. What else we got? Penny, red top with white pants. I like that too, Penny. I, I dig that one. Let's get me caught up on the news. Sure. We got you, Lone Wolf. Just stick around. I got one more note for the Buccaneers. And it's Leonard Fournette. You remember when Leonard Fournette uh, arrived at training camp 
overweight, right, eh, Rich? Yes, I do. I uh, do 260, remember. 260, mm-hmm. I believe it was reported as. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he went on his Twitter when that happened, and he said, hey, you know, everybody can talk what they want. I'm going to. I'm going to get myself in shape. I come from a big family, right? My mom's big. My dad's big. I got big bones, I believe, was the quote from Leonard Fournette. Well, he's back down to playing weight already. And he is expected to be the feature back. Not only that, A. Rich, but I do have a question for you here. This via Scott Smith of TampaBayBuccaneers.com. He says that the Bucs still consider Leonard Fournette a three-down running back. And that's why they gave him the deal and the extension that he got. Do you think Leonard Fournette is still a three down running back in today's NFL? Oh man. Uh, Leonard Fournette. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so either. No, I don't, I don't think he's a, he's that three down running back that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers think that he is. I was even surprised that they, they, you know, they went out and, and extended the extension. Yep. You know, the extension being that they have they have a a, a young running back that they drafted. Uh, and they drafted a rookie year. this year, I believe, too. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's definitely interesting. I want to see how Todd Bowles, the new head coach from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is going to is going to to, to galvanize this team in terms of. Uh, how they're going to play offensively, how they're going to play defensively. Uh, what adjustments are you going to make? The in-game adjustments are no longer made uh, by Bruce Arians. They're made by Todd Bowles. How is he going to adjust to offensive line issues? We know last time he coached the Jets, it didn't go too well. So maybe Tom Brady and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team and and, and some years to learn behind Bruce Arians, uh, he can do some better things. But uh, I was surprised, Leonard Fournette, uh, got this deal and is looked at as a feature back. You can't say that he didn't deserve it. He had a really good season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Playoff Lenny, as they called him out there in Tampa Bay. He he definitely deserved his money, but I don't think he's a three three down back anymore. I, I just think it's it's a little past him. Brady is always liked having a receiving back, and while Fournette has gotten better in that area, I don't see it as something that's long-term. He's more of a between-the-tackles kind of guy, a bigger-body guy. But we're mm-hmm. moving on, guys. Yep. And I just want to tell you right now, a club is a club, a diamond is a diamond, and a heart is most definitely a heart. We have to call a spade a spade, Akeem. This is you, your team of choice. I don't know who it is. I'm very interested to hear it. Take us away. My team of choice, I, I figured I'd go AFC. You went NFC, so I figured I'd go AFC. I wanted to go in another direction, opposite direction. My team for news around the league is the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, right? Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, they had some news that came about in terms of their stadium. They was formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium. They've now changed their name and rights to uh, uh, Paycor Stadium, I believe it is, the Cincinnati Pace Paycor, a company that specializes in, in human resource software. Right? Now, do you think you're still going to call it Paul Brown Stadium, like we talked about a little bit earlier? I think when 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 fans my age are going to call it Paul Brown Stadium, fans so, your so age fans, are going to call so it Paycor Stadium. <laughs> so fans 65 years old and up may still call it Paul Brown Stadium. Yes. Yes, Paul Brown Stadium. Gotta and that's have what your I, AA, AARP card available. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm going to call it as well. That's what uh, I've known it as for years, Paul Brown Stadium. But, yes, they did change their name and rights. Uh, people want to capitalize on some success. Cincinnati Bengals, they made the Super Bowl last year. So they're a little bit more known, right? Yeah, and uh, they, also, they also got a practice facility uh, created for, like, the first time ever. I believe they were practicing outdoors. Yes. And they had an indoor practice facility made during this offseason – which I mean, it, it's only fitting. You make the yeah. Super Bowl. I think you should have a uh, a place to play. You know. Right, right, right. And um, the Cincinnati Bengals, interested in the offseason. Joe Burrow had emergency appendix surgery. Appendicitis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They had to take out his appendix. So uh, he's a few weeks away. So he's trying to get back and and get better and get back into camp. Uh, T T Higgins. Uh, everybody talks about Jamar Chase, and deservedly so. I think he's a top five, top seven receiver in this league. But T. Higgins, T. Higgins last last season had 21 receptions, 70. Uh, excuse me, 
2021 has 74 receptions, 1,091 yards, six touchdowns. He Higgins played, went over 1,000 yards last he, year? He went over 1,000 yards. That surprises me. And, and I'm a little jealous that the Buffalo Bills, they don't have 2,000-yard receivers yet on the Josh Allen, but yeah. Joe Burrow does. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. It's going to happen this season. But uh, T. Higgins played T. Higgins played most of that season with a torn labor. So mm-hmm. I, uh, he put up productive numbers while playing injured. So he's getting back and he's conditioning. See, I don't know, man. You always hear that every year that, hey, I was injured the whole season and this right. is what I did. You always hear it after the fact. Right. The, the, thing that, the thing that leads me not to believe those types of things, A. Rich, is if you're hurt in the NFL – it must be on the report every single week that you're dealing with an injury. Mm-hmm. If it's not, your club can get fined. Mm-hmm. You can lose compensation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when that stuff comes out, I'm always like questioning it. You know, what I mean? how, how true is it? But the Cincinnati Bengals, I like it. Let's move on to the back to the NFC. New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston supposed to be, you know, comeback season. And uh, no, <laughs> he's recovering from a torn ACL and MCL. It's a foot injury. Apparently, it was initially ruled as a rolled ankle, but today it has come out. It is a sprained right foot, and he is day-to-day. Now, a lot of people are high on the Saints, A-Rich. The NFL's official YouTube page posted a video yesterday saying that the Saints could be sneaky Super Bowl contenders. Now, I don't see that as a possibility in the slightest, uh, your thoughts on Jameis Winston and the Saints this year? Uh, for the Saints to be competitive, for the Saints to make a playoff push, they're going to need uh, a Jameis Winston, even though, you know. They're going to need a Jameis Winston that we haven't seen in the NFL yet. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And Jameis Winston, I, I, I think they're going to go back and look at it and say, you know what, before Jameis Winston got hurt last season, we was 5-2. and two. So what if Jameis Winston didn't get hurt? So now this season we get Jameis Winston back, Everybody of talent is over there in the AFC. Mm-hmm. There's not too much talent left in the NFC. So maybe we have a chance. So you know what? Let's go ahead and trade some draft picks. Let's move up in the draft because I think, or we think in the sense in, in the Saints organization that we may have a chance to do some things because we got Jameis back and because the NFC is, is a is a weaker conference, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you never know. Uh, I don't think they're that good, but at the same time, I don't uh, think they're a sneaky Super Bowl contender. With, with that conference, so. with that conference though, with that con- who's who's good over there? Who, who, who are they? Who are they, who are they going to beat in the playoffs though? That's the question. Can they beat the Rams? Can they beat the Packers? Can they beat the Cardinals? Can they beat those teams? And I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't see them getting that any given Sunday treatment. And we'll have to see. I mean, know. We'll they, they really. It, Andy Dalton's the backup. I think he's a little washed at this point. Go back to the AFC, a rich and. Mm. Uh, they're a division rival don't get me wrong you can change this expected word into it has been confirmed that jets mm-hmm. tackle makai beckton will miss the entire season with a knee injury i mean it sucks especially for a young guy a massive human being i don't know how or why this keeps happening but the first thing that comes to my mind a rich is he's so heavy and so large that I don't know if he's having trouble supporting himself because this is his second knee injury in three years. A crazy stat for you, A-Ridge. He's been active for 15 games and inactive for 18 games in his career thus far. After this year is complete, assuming the Jets do not make the playoffs, those numbers are going to be astronomically higher. 36. 36 games missed and active for 15 games. Yeah. So it sucks, man. It, it really feels like they, they can't catch a break. You know what I mean? And Zach Wilson is going to have a very hard time getting to people's moms without having an offensive tackle out there to block for him. And when he's on the field, I must I, you know, I got to call a spade a spade. When he's on the field, he's a beast. <laughs> that man, yes. that man is a beast. I remember when he played the Buffalo Bills several years ago, first game of the season, he was he was a beast. He's a mammoth of a man. And I think you I think you hit it on the head. It's just that weight, man. Six, 300, six, seven, 364 pounds. Last season, he was floating around with 400 pounds. I think that that weight is an issue. And that, and that type of body and what he's trying to do physically is just too much, too much pressure on the body. But I will say this. Anyhow, just let her go. Let him go. 
if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm taking a flyer on that guy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking a flyer. You took a flyer on Brian Winters. You took a flyer on Spencer Long. The next New York Jet offensive lineman you take a flyer on is Makai Beckton. So leave it at that. I don't know how possible that is. Still on his rookie deal, but but I, I like I like the optimism. Uh, fractured kneecap says uh, Lone Wolf. Yes, yes, it is. On top of that, it's the same knee that he injured with the torn ACL, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sprain, sprain MCL. That's what kept him out. You would think he had a tore ACL because he was really? out the whole season. But yeah, it was yeah. a sprain. It was a sprain MCL, and he had major setbacks. All right, a rich um, Kareem Hunt. So I know people are probably going to go into you know what he did in Kansas City to get released and la da da. He may not be the best person. I understand that, but he he paid his dues in terms of that case. And all that got back into the NFL was given a second chance with the Cleveland Browns. He's done a pretty good job. Not to, I mean, the, the Browns have had like a really good backfield since he's been there with Nick Chubb. Last year he averaged 800 and not averaged. He ended the year with 841 yards and six touchdowns. He's in the final year of a two-year, 13.25 million dollar deal. Let me so just a go. Rich, a Rich. The question is. Do you want him on the Buffalo Bills? Would you trade for him? And if so, which would really surprise me if you're going to say yes, what would you trade for him? It's tough. Uh, it, this this is tough. Uh, now it, this, it, this isn't the easy podcast. You came out of the conflict of interest hosted by Dan <laughs> Kelly. What's wrong now, with you? <laughs> it all depends on how you look at it, right? Do you think? Do you think Kareem Hunt is better than Devin Singletary? If you think Kareem Hunt is better than Devin Singletary, then yes, I would go. I would say yes. The Buffalo Bills go ahead and make that trade. If you think Devin Singletary you, is better you than Kareem Hunt, you have to call a spade a spade. I think that. Kareem Hunt is better than Devin Singletary, but I still don't think they should sign him because James Cook is there. And you have your back waiting for you to see what he's going to do. I wouldn't want to trade anything. I wouldn't want to trade anything in the future for for somebody like Kareem Hunt. I, I don't think, you know, he fits what the Buffalo Bills can or want to do because this guy is looking for more money, A. Rich, not less. The Bills need guys who are looking for less money. They they don't have the, the salary cap to be able to trade for somebody who wants a bigger deal. They have the salary cap to trade for people who want to win and are willing to take a little bit less, unless you're Von Miller. So I don't think there's a situation where the Bills can trade for Kareem Hunt. Now, the interesting thing is there's a second part to this sentence, and the Browns say no. The Browns say, nah, we ain't trading you, bro. Mm-hmm. But the Browns also said they weren't going to trade Baker Mayfield, and they mm-hmm. did that. Mm-hmm. I can't trust the Browns. No, I can't trust the Browns organization at all. So yeah. when they tell me they're not going to trade a player, I just think he's going to get traded even more. I don't blame him. I don't blame you. If I'm the Browns, I'm Michael gonna, Delzer says I'm he to work isn't it worth out. it. He isn't I'm, worth it. I like it. I'm trying to work it out if I'm Cleveland. Nick Chubb loves him. Nick Chubb loves him. Don't piss off Nick Chubb. But they have have a good running back room. They have a young guy in Dearness Johnson. They have a good offensive line. And I've seen a lot of Browns fans say, hey, without Kareem Hunt, we'll be okay. Our offensive line's really good. The running backs are good. Whatever we get for Kareem Hunt will be better. The, The compensation that we get for Kareem Hunt will be better than what we get from Kareem Hunt. I don't think the compensation for Kareem Hunt will be better than the production he can give you this season. What do you think he gets you? If this is a guy who wants to be traded, right? People know he wants to be traded. The ballpark for me, my thought process with this, was a third or a fourth round pick. So Brian says, we are fine. Let's focus who we have. Agreed, Brian. We're not just talking about the Bills anymore. I think we've narrowed down to the fact that a lot of people probably don't want him. I don't think the Bills can trade for him. A Rich didn't give his thoughts because he likes to get out of tough questions in any yeah. way he possibly can. He he just puts some butter on the sides. But but A Rich, <laughs> my my thoughts on Kareem Hunt is you're probably not going to get more than a third. I'm thinking a fourth. I'm thinking a fourth and maybe a player. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking that he's going to go for anything crazy if a team knows that he wants to be traded, which has been announced already. Yeah, I, I, fourth. 
I believe a fourth. A third is a third is okay. I'm like, okay, I think it's a stretch, but okay. If you if, if, it's, you, a, if it's a third, it'd be a late third, I think. I don't think it'd be a high third. If you think you're getting Kareem Hunt from Kansas City that had 1,300 rushing yards, 400 receiving yards. This isn't fine. Kareem Hunt from Kansas City, though. How do you know? How do you know? He's not getting that time. He got Nick Chubb in front of him. We don't know that. Do you want him to get that time? Uh, for fantasy purposes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why the hell are you drafting Kareem Hunt? All right, we're moving on. Back to the Buffalo Bills. Vaughn Miller, Biller, whatever you want to call him. Has some interesting facts for you, A. Rich, and it's one that I don't think you're going to know, but you do know because we already talked about it. Let's I played go. it three times. We lost all three. You know, Now I'm on a different side of the ball. I'm definitely feeling Bills Mafia. I'm definitely feeling the love, and I appreciate you guys. So I've played there a few, t- three times. We've lost all three. What is he referring to, you ask? He's referring to playing in Buffalo, A. Eh, Rich. He's never won playing the Bills in Buffalo. Now he's played them three times. I had to go into this because I was super I was super curious when I heard these comments from Von Miller. The last time he played the Bills was in 2019. All three of these games he was with the Denver Broncos for. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, his team lost by a score of 20 to 3. Von Miller had two solo tackles and one sack. The, the next time he played them was in 2017. They lost 26 to 16. He had six solo tackles and one sack. I believe that was also the game where he sacked Tyrod Taylor and he put his arm out to get him up and he moved his hand and the refs called him for unsportsmanlike conduct yeah, and the Bills got an automatic first down. And it's that. absolutely crazy. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but A Ridge, this is where it gets interesting. Von Miller's first game in the NFL was in Orchard Park against the Buffalo Bills in 2011 and his team lost by the score of 40 to 14 and the only thing he has to show for it is one assisted tackle quiet quiet that game i mean first game first game in the nfl you gotta you gotta cut the guys some slack but i thought that was really really crazy that his first game was in buffalo i I never knew that no me neither that's that's an excellent point excellent statistics Right there. Excellent stuff. But you know what he's feeding Gregory Rousseau. And if you don't, you got to go check out the interviews. He's feeding Gregory Rousseau. What was it? Gasoline. Something in gunpowder. Gunpowder and gasoline. gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. I've been getting a better grasp of everything. Just a better understanding of how things work in the league. And I've been out there before. I know how it goes. Apologize for the audio on that clip. Hopefully you guys could hear that. He's expected to have a big year, though. Gregory Rousseau, Von Miller should be taking up some double teams. Ed Oliver should be taking on some double teams. It should leave Rousseau uh, realistically in a one-on-one opportunity. He mentioned that Von Miller came in, and it, it soon changed from Von Miller being, oh, my God, it's Von Miller, to, hey, this is another guy on the team. You know, he's just just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you his stats from last year. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rich, Gregory Rousseau. He played in all 17 games, one interception, that one, of course, against Kansas City, four passes deflected, one forced fumble, 42 solo tackles, and eight assisted tackles. In the postseason, Rousseau disappeared. I I can almost see it when I look at this TV and there's nothing on it. When Patrick Mahomes was evading Bill's defenders, looking like he was Michael Vick from 2005, I'm pretty sure Gregory Rousseau was one of the guys that couldn't bring him down. I'm not 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure. In the postseason, A. Rich, just three tackles. Mm-hmm. At the red and blue scrimmage, he beats Questenberry for a sack. What do you expect from him this season? Are, are we Should we be as high on Gregory Rousseau as we are, or do you think we got to pump the brakes a little bit? I, th- I think expectations are high for Gregory Rousseau coming into this season. Expectations are high for everybody, though. Do you think they're well-deserved in the case of Gregory Rousseau? Yes, I think they are well-deserved. I think uh, they're well-deserved because he's a player that I expect to take that next step. I look at him as uh, a a possible pro bowler in the future, right? He has that talent. He has that makeup. He has the mental makeup. He has the athletic ability. Uh, 6'7", 250-plus pounds. He now gets to work with... Uh, a, a future Hall of Famer in, in Von Miller. Now he gets to to reach 
uh, higher heights and, and, and progress a bit more. We're talking about a guy that only played one season in college, had to come from this, had to come play through COVID and play through uh, uh, different elements that usually other players coming through the draft didn't have to play through, right? So he's, he's in my opinion, in his, in his full year of, of playing the sport of football, and I think being that he can be able to play at 24-7, 365, get to study the game and have great teammates around him, I think Gregory Russo with talent and his combination is, is expected and should have uh, a very good year in his second season. I'm not saying all pro. But definitely better, definitely better than the first. All right, A Rich. He's not gonna be better than Aaron Donald. He's not gonna be better than TJ Watt. Not quite. He's not gonna reach, not quite. Not gonna reach quite your expectations. But I think I think you're right. And and to expect this jump, you were a first round pick. You may have been a late first round pick because the bills were so good, but you were still a first round pick. We expect you, you know, to have this progression, and it is expected. I want to get into a comment here from Brian, a controversial comment here on the conflict of interest. Wish Vaughn would focus on the roster we have and not recruit a diva and an injury-prone wide receiver in OBJ. Mm. So, Brian, I, I want to ask you this. Have you mm. ever seen that commercial with the little girl and they're debating, like, soft-shell tacos or hard-shell tacos? And she goes, well, why not both? And then everybody goes crazy for her idea. I think in this situation, it's a why not both situation because I've watched Von Miller talk at camp, every interview that's been put out by the Buffalo Bills. And he mentions the guys every single time. He mentions Epineza and Shaq and Jordan Phillips and all the guys on the defense, the corners, everybody. He's having a great time with this roster. If he wasn't, I don't think he would have came here. If he wants to bring OBJ, he's a hell of a football player. If he's a diva, he's a diva. I, I think the Buffalo Bills can handle that. Now, could the Buffalo Bills handle Antonio Brown? Maybe not. Maybe it's a really good thing that trade never went through. But mm -hmm. OBJ, I think the Bills locker room could handle. What do you think, A. Rich? Uh, as far as handling OBJ, the, you know, I think I, I, I think he'll be all right. He's I, not going to have any problems with any kicking nets no, because I the Bills actually play in New York. Yeah, I don't think that's a. I don't think that that's a good one. I don't think that's that would be a, a issue at all. I don't, and I never seen OBJ as a as a as a locker room issue Can't kind turn. of guy. You know, I know he has some temper tantrums, but the Buffalo Bills strong knit unit. I don't think it would be a problem if the Buffalo Bills wanted to go that route. And and the thing you have to be aware of, right, when it comes to the diva term or the term, you know. Uh, a guy that's not going to fit well in the locker room. And in some instances, some instances it's different for the locker room. It's more the diva term that I want to get into. It's about wanting to win. It's about being competitive in an area that you desire to be the best. And that's what OBJ was. He went to the Giants, and soon after he got there, they weren't competing. So he was not interested in staying there long term. He got his way out, got to Cleveland, was excited to start fresh, you know, with Baker Mayfield and was not getting the targets that he thought he should get. He also couldn't stay healthy in Cleveland. So he gets traded to the Rams. Did you hear a peep out of him with the Rams? No. You know why? Because they were successful. They were winning football games and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And I believe that if he would have played in that Super Bowl, he would have been a big factor in that game. But OBJ... There's not much we can go off of other than Von Miller's just, you know, saying, hey, the locker next to mine's open. I'm really mm -hmm. curious if that's the case, A. Rich. What if there is a locker next to him and he's just not telling us? Maybe it's the water boy or the, the backup right tackle, you know, <laughs> and they're feeling some kind of way right now because that's their locker. I mean, you know, I, I think they're just good friends. At the end they of the are. day, I think they're good and, friends. And they're, and, and they're trying to get us. They're trying to get us to talk about it. And hey, yeah. it's working in a it's way. Working. But I'm also, mm -hmm. I'm also throwing it to the side a little bit just because I don't have any facts. I want to wait until the facts come out. We can discuss the facts and how it could affect the Bills moving forward. Hey, Rich, it's time for your surprise segment of the night. We're coming down to the preseason. There's a bunch of names on this roster that, sadly or not sadly will not be on this team come September 8th or before that because the cut-down days before that. I don't know the exact days. I apologize. Hey, Rich, cut one player right now off the Buffalo Bills. So, so do, you, do you want do you want boring or you want spicy? 
which which, which direction can we go with this let me, i i like spicy let's let, let's let's ask the comments G- give us a give us a one for spicy and a two for boring whatever you want to hear from a ridge regarding the cut one player i don't know the dates i believe they're at like 100 or 75 right now it's got to go down to 53 of course mm-hmm. the first one or two we see is how we're going to go off of this because the comments are a little delayed mm-hmm. so i'm just trying to talk a little bit until mm-hmm. you know Get somebody some somebody mentions the one or the two in here one or two one or two um, I'm gonna go ahead. I, 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 I'm feeling spicy. I'm feeling You're spicy. You're feeling spicy. I'm feeling spicy. Today. So, cut one player right now. Jamison Crowder gone. Ho ho! Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder. Okay, Crowder, okay. Gone. No, no, no. We gotta talk about this because spicy. last week, spicy. Because last week, last week, spicy. I told you, last week, I told you that Jamison Crowder may not make the team, and you argued with me. You were like, <laughs> "Hey, Dan, I don't know about that." So, what has changed in a week? For you to get to your spicy comment here. Now, I don't think he will be cut at the end of the day, but I think I I, I think there is. So there why is, did you cut him? I, I other th- other than to be spicy for our audience. Okay. We don't we don't have spicy content elsewhere. It's just here. Mm-hmm. But you tell me why you decided that guy. If guys are performing like they're supposed to perform, right? That's we talk. Let's think about let's think about some guys. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is coming out and he's having a hell of a camp. He looked like he's taking full reins on the slot yep. receiver position, right? Then you mm-hmm. have, then you have, uh, uh, Khalil Shakir, who they said, Puka, uh, definitely disagree on this comment. McKenzie is more at risk getting cut. No, so. way. no way. Not with no the, way. not with the camp that he's no had, way. not with the contract that he was given, not with his history with the team. Go on a rich. Khalil Shakir was looked at as a as a as a future piece, right? Uh, he needs to develop. It doesn't look that way in camp. He looks he looks pretty developed in camp. He looks as if he can come out week one and help the Buffalo Bills. Khalil Shakir, we'll see how preseason goes. And last mm-hmm. but not least, Isaiah Hodgins talk is about this is, is starting oh to spur up. Oh my goodness, I don't want to hear if, it. If, uh, if, I don't if Isaiah hear Hodgins, I don't if Isaiah hear Hodgins, it. if Isaiah Hodgins can come out in the preseason and perform, then shit gets real spicy for Jamison Crowder. I think Isaiah Hodgins is the key here. How is he going to perform in camp, in, in the preseason? Is he going to perform and progress, or is he going to do one of those Des Lewis back in the days the kind of things with Isaiah Hodgins? Oh, my God. Isaiah Desmond Hodgins is the key. Desmond Isaiah Lewis. Hodgins what, is the what key. A, what a throwback to the past. I like that. All right. So you went spicy. Does that mean that I have to go spicy? It probably does. But do I have anything as spicy as Crowder? I do. I no. do, a Rich. Nah. And and then just and then just because we're gonna go with our safe picks, just because I want to hear them as well. We got to give these guys a reward for sticking us through it. We're almost at the hour mark. If you guys haven't already, please like, share, subscribe. Check out the YouTube, Built in Buffalo on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, like and share. Share with all your friends. Share with all your enemies. Share with everyone you see on the sidewalk, everyone on the bus, everyone in your car, everyone in your house. I want everybody to know about Built in Buffalo. It's going on. We're we're coming to the regular season. This is where we really get ramped up. Pre-game show, post-game show, hosted by myself and Akeem. And Lone Wolf just just kind of beat me to it, but it's Shaq Lawson. Really? Wow, okay. It's Shaq Lawson. Uh, okay. Reports I heard from Sal Capaccio, WGR 550, was that the primary backup defensive end is A.J. Epineza right now. And Epineza is backing up both spots, being Rousseau and Von Miller. Izzy says that's a lukewarm take. So if you want the other one, I'll give, I'll, I'll give you two. I'm going to take one of yours, maybe A. Rich. But I'm cutting Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. yep. and I'm cutting Agreed. Matt Hawk. Okay, okay. I don't think it's. I don't think those are spicy. No, I think those are mild, mild takes. The, mild takes. The, I like two, the two. The two are safe. But yeah. I think Shaq Lawson was expected to to make the team, and and I was talking about it with the artist himself this morning, mm-hmm. and I think what it comes down to with Shaq Lawson. And I don't think it's the case with Jordan Phillips as much because Jordan Phillips might be a little bit better than Shaq Lawson Mm -hmm. um, is that Shaq Lawson wants to play for Buffalo. 
It doesn't mean that Buffalo wants Shaq Lawson to play for them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it's come down to. I don't know if his skills have, you know, regressed. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. I just haven't heard his name. So people want to say that spicy is Josh Allen gets cut. That is just not realistic. Yeah, if yeah, you guys yeah. want to look up the definition of spicy and then come back to me, yes. just don't go on urban dictionary. We don't yes. need that one. Right. But if you want to keep it, you know, keep it safe for work. We would appreciate that. Hey, rich, give me your safe pick for getting cut from this roster. Matt and I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it more challenging for you too. Okay. I had it okay. ready. I, had I, I, heard, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> Other side of the ball. Defense so you went, you went offense mm. first. You got to go defense. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, defense. Who gets cut on defense? Wow. I think I think that's that's great. Uh, this is tough. This is tough. That's the number one defense in the NFL. So let's do, let's do corners. We got Trey White. We have Ka Elam. We have yep. Teron Johnson. We yep. have Dane Jackson. Yeah. I think five corners make the team. I don't know if it's spicy or not to people. I think Christian Benford makes this team. Okay. Christian Benford makes the team. Does that mean Elijah Griffin's out? Elijah Tim Griffin's Harris? out. Tim Harris. Cam Jamarcus Phillips. Ingram. Cam Phillips. All those guys. They're oh, gone. you think Cam, you think Cam Lewis is out? I think uh, I said Cam Phillips. I think Cam I think Cam Lewis is gonna be out. Nick yes. McLeod. Nick McLeod is out now. Cam Lewis is. I like Cam. I like Cam, mm-hmm. but I think I think he's going to be out. I think I think Christian Benford. He's just been turning heads to the point where they had to give him snaps with the one, and they said he's been holding his own against guys like Diggs. So yeah. I I, I want to see how he does in the preseason. But the Buffalo Bills do a good job with 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 cornerbacks drafting late cornerbacks and undrafted cornerbacks. I think he makes the team. I'll stay in the secondary and go Josh Thomas. I don't think he's going to make the team. He's the he's a backup at safety. I think I think some of the linebackers have to go. I don't know if it's going to be Giles Harris or Markel Lee. Is Andre Smith a lock because he suspended those six weeks? Are the Bills going to be like, hey, you know, maybe we don't want you long term if you know you're not going to be of any use to us for six weeks. Izzy says he's got Jaquan Johnson. Out McLeod in has McLeod been out? I disagree with Jaquan that. Izzy. I love Izzy. I disagree with that. I love you. Don't, you don't have to lie on stream, eh, Rich? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, it's been, it's been a fun show. I hope you guys enjoyed you know this production element. If you guys mm-hmm. thought it was good, make sure to leave a like. If you guys want anything else from us, we're an open book. You can always find us on Twitter at the real Dan Kelly at King Rich underscore 987. The IB, of course, we're mm-hmm. always there, always there to listen. Hey, Rich, your final thoughts as we get ready for Indianapolis. You can you can talk about the game if you'd like. I mean, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be the, the hottest show in town, but there is a football game this week. So if you have any thoughts on that, give them to the people. Uh not really. Not really. You know, <laughs> uh, I think the Buffalo Bills definitely, definitely a game this week, definitely a game we all gonna watch. We're excited for football. We want our team, uh, we want to watch our team play and 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 of course win preseason or not, but our final thoughts go to Dan Kelly, man. Shout out, Dan. <laughs> Shout out, Dan Kelly. We've been trying to find innovative ways to, to you know, improve a conflict of interest, improve our discussions, our format, what we talk about. And I think you did a great job, bro, today, just coming with the graphics. That's something new for our show. Uh, coming with the different ed- uh, edits, the different graphics, the different the different uh, the voice snippets from 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 a multitude of players. I think that was was excellent. I think that that upgrades the show. It gives us it gives us a lot more depth, and I think uh, uh, it was it was a great turnout. And I think that's going to get better as we progress throughout the season. So uh, shout out Dan Kelly for for putting an amazing show together, and and it, it's going to get better as the season goes along. So I'm excited to see what else we come up with, what else you come up with, and what else we can uh, put our minds and heads together and and accomplish for this conflict of interest. So shout out Dan Kelly for putting together a great, great, well-prepared show today. I appreciate that, man. You know, I, I love this. This is my passion and I'm, I'm always going to do what's best for the show. What's best for you. What's best for me. You know, we're always thinking of you guys. So we appreciate the turnout. Of course, my final thoughts is it's football, man. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to be there. It's, it's going to be interesting to see who makes the teammate rich because I think these preseason games are going to play a big factor in those depth roles. 
Yes. I want to see the young guys play. I want to see Elam out there. I want to see what's going on. Uh, it was also said, if you guys didn't hear yesterday, that quarterback Josh Allen may not play at all during the preseason. Now, as sad as that makes me, because I won't get to see Josh Allen throw a football, I'm also happy to not hear that he's playing because I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want anything like that to happen. I just have one request, A. Rich. I just want them to put Josh Allen in for one play, just bomb it to Stefan Diggs, snap it in shotgun, make sure he doesn't get hit, and just go. Yeah, I don't blame you. Something I wouldn't mind seeing either. Comment from Candy Lee Rich, of course. The queen. Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for coming out to the Conflict of Interest. We appreciate you. We love all of you. Give us a go, Bills, before you go. And as always, the king will sign us off. Uh, a. Rich, I came rich, and it's the real Dan Kelly. You have witnessed the con- conflict of interest each and every Tuesday at 8.15 Eastern Standard Time. We'll be back next week for another great show. Please be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for Billsology. Be on the lookout for uh, Izzy show on Sundays. Shout out my uh, my brothers uh, that comes on mon- uh, Mondays and Thursdays, breaking tables. They do an excellent job. Shout out T. Shout out the whole Dilts in Buffalo family. And last but not least, yes, Penny, go Mets. Go Mets, baby. Go Mets. <laughs> go Bills. Uh, appreciate the love, everybody. Great show. Dan Kelly, A. Rich, Conflict of Interest. Until next time, last but not least, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>